through every thick wall and setting us free this morning. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emsley. Welcome, everybody. For those that don't know me, I'm Aiden, the guy with the sweets. Don't get your attention. That's for the children, just to make sure they're all paying attention. It is. It's like Emsley is talking about the Coke bottle, and it's actually the sugar that you're wanting, not the water bottle. Okay, I wanted just to open with a, a scripture that I read. Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope, you were called to one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, and who is over all and through all and in all. And it's amazing. This last week we did a prayer meeting, and I think the last week we've been talking about mobilization and unity. And, and that's actually something that's been in the hearts of a lot of the elders, but also in the church. And it seems to be massaging over and over. But to get the mobilization that we've been talking about, it needs a restructuring because it can't happen naturally. And the interesting thing is last weekend, we weren't here. For those that didn't notice, we were away. Um, we went off to Addo Elephant Park to um, take my son for his birthday. I think he's hiding here somewhere because he turned the mighty 14. Um, and while we were in Addo Elephant Park, we saw elephants. No, that's a no-brainer. That's for free, as MZ would say. But the interesting thing is I walked into one of their museums. And I'm going to give you guys a bit of a, for the children, so you can listen, because there's prizes coming along. So make sure you, as they say in Zulu, Vulu und Lebe, open your ears. Eh? Um, is there was a big uh, museum where they had an uh, elephant head called Harpu. It was one of the big elephant bulls. And they had a whole history and information. And what actually saved the whole of the park was actually that they, they had a whole restructuring exercise that to implement. Not just Addo. It happened in various other places. Another place was actually um, Pilansburg, and I'll tell you about that. But the interesting thing is that when we were there, we had three very close encounters with elephants. Now, I don't know if anyone's been there, and when an elephant bull comes and crosses your thing, your hands get sweaty. You get a stage where you don't look. I think all my children were looking at the floor. I've never seen Levi sink back. I think he almost sucked back into the chair where the elephant bull kind of came towards the window. We were all looking down, and Levi kind of somehow sucked back in but they command respect. An elephant bull gets your respect very quickly. But the interesting thing is that we need to realize that I'm going to do some fun things. I'm going to mix it up because the children are part of our service. So children, are all the children here? Can I see them? Are the children here? We're all children of God, but I mean the children, the children, children, good. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to add in between my preach one or two questions for the children so you can actually earn a chocolate. Who likes chocolates? Amazing, eh? That's what Emsley said, that Coke. It's the sugar inside there. I told you guys. Addiction. Um, but the amazing thing is when I was in the park, I noticed that these elephants actually were Josh Jane Ellies. Do you know that? Why would I say that they're Josh Jane Ellies? Because whenever they had a fight, the bigger bull would come and wrap his trunk around him and hug the guy. And the amazing thing is he'd put his trunk in the other guy's mouth. And they would both do that and almost kind of take food out there. And I mean, Emsley said earlier on, what's in my fridge is in your fridge. And they kind of got a thing, an, an elephant that's like the junk in your junked via my trunk. Um, so it's a, just a very different way of doing it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask questions for children. Now, to qualify to be a children, you need to be a children's. Okay, you know what a children is. So I'm going to ask two helpers. Troy and Clear, come sit here and sit over here. Be helpful. You can open these things. And I'm going to ask three questions that I'm going to carry on with my preaching. Then we'll throw some questions that keeps the children occupied. And then when the sugar's going in their system, it'll keep the parents busy for the rest of the afternoon. 
Um, and I'm, the reason why James is actually here, he doesn't realize it, is because he's going to try and tone the, the volume down. Because if you've got... He's going to do the speed there. Because you're on the phone, you've got the times two. I talk very fast, so he's going to do it minus two, as Greg said. Yeah. Thanks, James, for that. Putting it back in context. <laughs> okay, so let's do a question for children. Okay. I need to look and see children. So I'm going to ask these two people, Troy and Cleo, quickly to look for children. My question is, this is like a very general question, so it's quite easy to get right for children. Um, how tall or how heavy is an elephant? Let's see. Children, there's a hand, Mayberg's hand. Eight tons. That is correct. Amazing thing is an elephant bull can get anywhere from six tons, even heavier than that. And his, and his height, clear, give a chocolate to them, say, well done, Mayberg. Eat a chocolate and keep buzzing. Okay. Seth is not a teenager. 14 officially is no longer, yeah, they're no longer children's. <laughs> okay, let's do another question for the children. Okay, you got the idea, children? I want to see your hands. Eh? Don't be shy. Chocolate. Okay. Do elephants have fingers, appendages? Oh, I saw Ash's hand. That was fast. No. Let's give someone else a chance. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm looking around there. Yes. Said? Yes. Do you know the amazing thing is that elephants, on the end of their, their trunks, have a finger appendage. You can actually pick up a straw. Indian elephant has one. African elephant has two. So give a chocolate over there, please. Thank you very much. Sorry, Ash, they do have, that's a, they call them appendages, but it's a... Okay, and then another question, just to keep you guys, before we go back, is how much food do you think an elephant eats? Oh, there we go, at the back over there. The average of his weight. How much do you think that is? Give an average. You think he eats in a day? Let's say how much does he eat in a day? How much? He eats three tons a day. He's going to be chewing a very long time. They do eat for 16 hours a day, um, but you can give him a chocolate. He eats 136 kilograms. That's about 100 times of what a human eats per day. So you can get a chocolate over there. So that's a very good one. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is you'll realize that Emsley has a military background, so he'll always bring the military into every conversation. I am a conservationist, a greenie, so I'm going to bring naturally nature. So go figure while we're talking about animals. Um, okay, now the interesting thing is, um, this is just a bit of background to where I'm explaining this restructuring, is we've got two different African elephants. Do you guys know that? This is just, no, it's not a question for chocolates. Close, eh? Very close. Um, we have one, and I mean, this is, sounds like I'm swearing at you, but it's a zoological term, Loxodonta siloticus and Loxodonta africana. So those are the two African elephants. One is our forest elephant, our little Nasna elephant that we has across there, um, but no one ever sees, but he is there. Um, and then we have the other one, which is africana, which is the Saharan elephant we see everywhere. And then obviously we have the Indian relative across the, the way. So that's actually information. So now I'm going to keep the children activ activated again. Let's see, who wants more chocolates? God, who hasn't had a chocolate? Okay, now I want you to watch the ones that haven't had a chocolate. Okay, okay, question. Um, let's see over here, quickly help them. Let's find a nice, easy question over here. How many elephant types do we have? Oh, I saw that one. Levi, your hand's so slow. How many? Twelve. Let's try again. Gracie. Two in Africa and three in the world. Yes, Gracie can get a chocolate. Well done. That's good going, Gracie. There's, there's not that many, although, the, listen, there's probably a lot more, um, but that's different types of elephants, okay. Okay, let's do another one for you. Okay, you ready? 
Let's give another one. Um, what is an ele- elephant's family called? Stefan, put your hand up. At the back there. I see a hand right at the back there. A herd. Well done. That's good. You know what? Get a chocolate over there. The amazing thing is we're part of a family of God, and we're actually an amazing family. And, and a herd is actually what the elephant's family is called. And the, the amazing thing is I just looked and saw how those elephants were working together. They literally cared for every single one of them, regardless of what happened. And that's what this family is about. It's about caring and nurturing. Okay, let's do another one over here. How do elephants communicate? This is a difficult one. Okay, let's give you a chance again. That's good. Do you know the amazing things? I worked out that elephants actually are matriarchal uh, herds, which means that the females run it. And that's no wonder because they communicate via vibration, touch. There's so many things. How does it go? I couldn't even get it. Communication through sound, touch, vibrations. And the vibrations go, and they can feel it two kilometers away. So there must be a female matriarchal herd because how else can you communicate that well? Chocolate for him. Well done, guys. Okay, so let's go back to where the problem occurred. So the problem occurred in Sandparks. Um, I lived at a place called Sun City, um, which is way up in the northwest, and we had a little volcano crater where we lived, uh, and wrapped around it was the Pilansburg Nature Reserve. And back in 1979, they, re- they set up the Pilansburg National Park, and they called it Operation Genesis. They moved 6,000 animals into this volcano crater. And it was amazing. It was like this like, game reserve that occurred nowhere. Everyone came to see it, but something went wrong. They brought in elephants orphans from culling, culling operations because the elephants were small and easy to move. Can you imagine trying to move a couple of tons elephant? And I mean, the average bull can be 3.5 meters at the shoulder. So they moved in baby juveniles that had come from culling operations and just because of the fact that they were easy to, to translocate and move. Um, and these juveniles just became delinquents. They didn't know how to operate together. They started moving around in packs. They became secretive. They disappeared. Um, and they just didn't have any role models to go ahead and actually help them. And what happened eventually is they, they must cycle. Now, in elephants, the males go into a cycle where they get uh, sexually heightened, and they go into a cycle where they start dribbling at the te- their temples. You'll often see it, water down over here. They urinate everywhere, and they start getting very aggressive, and they also start becoming very uh, short-tempered and just attacking everything. And it got to a stage where it got so bad that they started actually killing animals. They killed over 40 rhino. You understand how many rhinos have been poached? They killed 40 rhinos and we had one fatality. And that was pretty much in the time when I was at Sun City as well. And my friends actually s- implemented all the, the, the fencing. So we kind of knew about it, but we didn't know what had happened. And the people just did, needed to try and find out how did they actually solve? What was the solution? And they said it took them a long time to do it. But eventually what they did is they brought in females, family units. They put in family units into the reserve and it started helping the solution to a part. Because now suddenly there were mothers, and remember the matriarchal society is a mother, a sister, and a whole different unit. And those little babies, which were orphans, started becoming part of the family and started becoming part of them. And they started understanding some sort of family value. So it prevented them from being secretive, but it still didn't kind of really decimate the, the problem because they were still getting out of that must cycle and they just couldn't kind of end it. And it was causing fatalities, as I told you. It took them 18 years, Sandpox, to realize what the problem was. And they had to bring in mature Kruger bulls. Now, what is Kruger? Kruger is our biggest natural reserve, and that has large elephant bulls. We're going to be talking about tons, up to 12 tons, 3.5 meters high, massive big guys. So it was a massive operation to bring in these mature bulls into the Pilonsberg to go ahead and actually suppress the young bulls from actually getting out of cycle. And it was an amazing thing because the mature bulls quickly asserted dominance, and they became fathers that sorted out the whole of the Pilonsberg. 
They had to do it in Addo. They had to do it in Pindo. Most of the reserves that we know right now, they actually learned the lesson of this restructuring that took place. It took them 18 years to learn it, but they, if they didn't do it, they would have actually it destroyed the park because they were killing all the animals off and destroying the elephant herd structure as well. So it was an interesting thing because I read this and I said, sure, that's actually interesting. They suddenly had to bring in fathers to go ahead and actually sort out a problem because they were delinquents, they were orphans. And so too, we become, in a way, like orphans because we need father figures as well in our lives. Okay, so while you guys are thinking about that, I'm going to put some more questions over here for children. Okay, let's see. Let's see, who's the children still around here? Are children still out here? Who hasn't scored a chocolate? Okay, there we go. Uh, Lindy. Okay. <laughs> and James. James run off there. Okay, here's an easy one. How old can an elephant get? Sees where? <laughs> Levi. Okay, Levi. 40. How old? 80. Chocolate over there. Yes, they actually get to human age. You know that. They're amazing. That actually a mature elephant bull can actually last so long that he actually passes on all that knowledge, those matriarchs pass on all the knowledge, they actually go on. And that's, if you look back at um, Adam, Adam lived for 900 years. Imagine being part of actually life where you actually had your great father go ahead and actually leading you and teaching you stuff. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. It, it, it's so, I don't have my parents anymore. Both my parents have passed on to heaven. And the thing is, it's so amazing having a parent figure around there just to kind of pick up a phone call and say, hey, how are you doing? What do you think about this? And they've actually had that. And that's what parental figures in elephants do is they just pass on that knowledge and they teach them things. Where's the water? How to get food in the dry season? Where to go? Okay, let's do another question over here. Easy one. Can elephants breathe underwater? You guys haven't got a chocolate over there. Yes. What did you think? Yes, they can. You're right. Chocolate over there, please clear. They've got a, a snorkel. Their trunk, like any animal that can actually, like with a snorkel, yes. They are underwater, but they're breathing via their snorkel. Greg, you're being technical over here. Eh? Just as well you're not a children, eh? He's trying to get a chocolate, eh? I mean, just looking at all those in favor of giving you a chocolate, sit down. Okay, you don't get one. <laughs> okay, another one over here. Easy one, I'm looking here. Who hasn't had a chocolate list? Quickly see. Okay, Levi, your hand. Oh, you've got to get the answers right. Is there one over there as well? Okay, looking over there. Okay, what are tusks? Yes. The elephants, what? You know, what are they? What is... The teeth, you're right, they're in incisors. Okay, chocolate over there, please, girls, in the corner. Well done, they are the incisors that actually grow out there. You know the trunk is actually the, the upper lip, the bottom lip, and the upper lip is actually formed into the trunk. So it's an amazing thing how actually God has actually made them so unique, and the, the amount of muscles they've got inside that trunk is actually just, it blows your mind. It literally, there's more than the, actually the whole human body. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Okay, so let's go back to our Kruger Bulls. You can sit down over here. Thank you very much. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk this morning about the elephant in the room. Do you guys understand that? That's no, come on. It's funny, eh? Okay, don't all laugh at once. Um, <laughs> we need father figures. I need father figures. All of us need parent figures in our life. Without having parent figures, you know what? We go ahead and we dwell and we go all over the place. We become delinquents. And, and I really felt for this morning, I'm going to do a very short word because, well, it'll seem short because I talk fast. But I really felt that the Lord wants to lay on our heart that we need to go ahead and actually activate our fathers sitting outside here. Now, what qualifies us as a father? I'm a father by, by flesh because I've got four children, but I'm actually a father to everyone over here because I'm a spiritual father to everyone. And you know the amazing thing is that there, 
all of you sitting down there are spiritual mothers and fathers to a lot of people out here. We had an amazing opportunity this morning where we just dedicated someone. And that actually, which we didn't, I wanted to say it, but it's fine. I'll add it in my preach. It's actually the charge given to all of us is actually we are responsible for raising up that little boy into what God's called him to be. Because that's part of this family. That's part of what God's called us to do. So when I see something wrong, I can go ahead and correct it in love because I'm part of this family and I'm part of his destiny and inheritance. And that's actually what we're all called to be. We don't sit over there and turn a blind eye and say, oh, I'm not going to look at that. No, that's our responsibility. That's what family does. Elephant herds, it's amazing. They look after every single baby over there. It goes wrong. It doesn't have to be the mother. The rest of the sisters dive inside there and actually help. And I just wanted to read two scriptures. Um, you can put it up over there for us. John 5, 19 to 20. Thanks, Renee. Or is it Judd? There you go. Well done. Um, I'll read it off over here. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and, show, and shows him, sorry, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these. And you will be amazed. The amazing thing is that Jesus set the example. He said, I don't do anything on my own strength. I look to the father and I follow his example. And the thing is, God chose man to go ahead and actually bring his message through us, to go ahead and actually bring, to be disciples, to go ahead and change the world. And Jesus set the example, so we need to follow Jesus, but also he's bringing, brought people, he's brought elders, he's brought deacons, he's brought community leaders, he's brought saints to go ahead and actually lead people, to go ahead and actually let them walk into their destiny. I look around over here and I see fathers, there's natural fathers around you, Johan, you know you're a father, you just naturally, he goes fishing, my boys are wrapped around him and he's like, he's just fathering them, it's a natural gift. People have got them, and we need to start actually walking into that. We need to replicate what Jesus does. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I really feel a charge that we have sometimes been, I think COVID has actually made us become very self-centered, focusing on ourselves, and I'm okay, and I'm happy to sit back. But actually, that's not the, what God's called us. God's called us to go ahead and actually father and nurture people, love them, bring them in, and actually walk with them into what God's called over their lives. And it's interesting, Emsley brought a word, and obviously it would be a military word, um, a while back. <laughs> it was about, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make it an elephant word. Um, it was about fully trained parabats arriving down, like that, coming into place. And obviously I don't, I kind of just missed army because I graduated at university in 94, and I kept having to prove that I didn't have to go to army. But a parabat is a person that's fully equipped and trained. He's a hardcore type of guy that's actually in place, ready to do stuff. And he said, I feel God's going to bring these trained people in place. And I kind of thought, well, that's interesting. What Sandbox did is they brought in fully trained, mature Kruger bulls to go ahead and sort out a situation. And it saved parks. It saved elephants' lives. It saved rhinos' lives. It saved people's lives because they brought in trained people to go ahead and actually, well, trained elephants, mature, just basically fathers to go ahead and actually teach them. And it's for, for children a little bit younger who don't understand that. It's like having the A-team, the A-team arrive on your doorstep for a Kruger bull. I actually think the, the A-team's even too old. Sorry. That's even too old. It's like having the Ninja Turtles. Right now. I'm joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. They dodge. Okay. Let's take that back quickly. Let's go to the children. Chocolates. <laughs> That's quick diversion. Okay. Let's do the last couple of questions. Okay. Who didn't get a chocolate? Okay. I know there's like a couple of hands around here. How long is an elephant pregnant for? I saw that hand back there. The, the little girl that, um, that just gave a laugh. How long is the elephant pregnant for? 18 months. You're right. It is correct. 
it's about two years. Imagine that, 22 months. Chocolate in the back there, right in the back. 22 months. Imagine walking around with that in your belly. That's like pretty hectic. And an elephant cow waits for two to four years before she has the next cycle. So you obviously realize that they invest a lot into their calves. They love them and they, they nurture them. And you can actually see it. it. It's amazing that an animal can actually love its baby. And we, are, as when new people get prayed into as members, we take them in as a new believer. We nurture them. We love them. Okay, here's an easy one. Clara, you're ready for this one here. Do elephants wear sun cream? <laughs> yes, they use mud. How amazing. Chocolate over there quickly. Over there for Mason in the corner. Do you know what it is? It's not really sun cream, it's mud. And mud stops them from getting burnt, but also it helps pull the ticks off. So as the mud dries, it cracks and pulls the ticks off. So well done. That's very, very good. Thank you, Troy and Cleo, for helping me. I'm going to ask you guys to sit down, and you can take that for your, for your hard-earned effort. Thank you very much. You guys can go sit down. Thank you, team. So the amazing thing is I was very fortunate. When I grew up, I had an earthly father that was an amazing, amazing example. And he loved me, and he kind of nurtured me. And I don't think... Shows you what happened when the, when the chocolates is actually discussion. Um, but as I said, my, my father, I was fortunate enough to have a loving father, to have an example of actually of, of a person that loved me. And it made it so much easier for me to understand a loving father in heaven because I actually saw it practically. I mean, I've actually taken over most of the traits of my father. Here I am taking my boys out into the bush because that's something my dad enjoyed. And it's a trait that actually passed on to me. And the amazing thing is I think when we start actually learning to love Christ and we start becoming spiritual fathers, those traits start inherently passing on to the people that we're fathering or mothering. And I'm saying this, you must hear my heart, I'm, it's mothering and fathering in the same breath. And I think that's something which we need to go ahead and actually start nurturing. Because I think there's a preparation. MC spoke last week about an activation, a mobilization. And the thing is, for us to be mobilized, we need to be unified. And we've been hearing that word in the prayer meeting, we need to be unity. But there's three things I actually started realizing. is that we, I think Andrew had a, um, a word at one of the gatherings a couple of years ago. And he asked someone to stand up, and he said, stand up, who are you accountable to? And he said, that guy. And he said, who are you accountable to? And he said, that person. And the amazing thing is there was a network of relationships, spiritual relationships of people who are accountable. Now, what is accountability? It's about being real and vulnerable and opening up and saying, what's happening in my life? Can you pray in this situation before I make the decision? And I'll go into some scripture about that as well. But we need to go ahead and actually invoke people over here to go ahead and actually be that those that are spiritually mature to go ahead and actually rise up and say, here I am, and I'm going to start nurturing. And I'm looking out in front of me over here, and I'm seeing a lot of mature fathers and mothers that I feel should be actually nurturing people, taking them under their arm and wing and walking with them, because that's actually how we grow. That's actually what a healthy family is like. I look at those elephant herds, and that old matriarch is sitting across there, and she's still looking after the young calves. She doesn't leave them because she said, oh, that's my season done. She does it until she dies because she's part of the family. I think one of our main prophetic words that made us stay in Mossel Bay was from a guy called Uncle Arvin. When he was 80 years old, he came over here and he came and gave this prophetic word that would have prevented, I was about to leave Mossel Bay. I'd had enough. I'd just lost my job. I'd got, a house had been sold and I'd said, this is my time. I'm going. And he gave myself and Alicia a prophetic word sitting at that entrance over here. How many years ago? Tw 10 years ago. And he said to me, God wants to go ahead, wants to me to get, pass this word on to you. And it actually changed us and our whole destiny of where we are and why we are here, why I'm actually preaching this morning. He went on to go ahead and do churches and plant churches. He was 80. Didn't stop. Carried on. We need role models to follow Christ. Titus 2, 
verse 4 to 5, talks about older women teaching younger women. We need more of that. We need nurturing. Do you know, most of us think we know what's going on, but we don't. As MZ says so often in the Bible, we only see in part. And actually having mature people around us spiritually pick up things that we can't see. Actually, Ari, he's not here today, but he was talking about blind spots. It's amazing. We don't see everything, but that's where family and fathers and mothers come aside. They, they point out the things that we can't see. And if you're not in that environment where you've got someone speaking into your life every single day, you're going to miss it. Blind spots are dangerous places. So what does the Bible talk about accountability? You don't actually see it specifically in the Bible, but I wanted to go through these three scriptures. Judd, if you can. James 5. Okay. Therefore, conf- confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is great, has great power in its workings. So we call to go ahead and actually confess sins, be in that situation where we can actually open up our lives. Now, the, in other words, I'm going to challenge the people sitting outside here. I want you to go ahead and actually not just see yourself as an island, because you're going to go ahead and actually, I think MZ office says dead rangers or the lone ranger. What is lone ranger, dead ranger? You need to be in family. You need to be in that environment where you can say, hey, you know what? I've got a big decision to make. I'm going to get by this car, um, this house, I want to get married or whatever it is. Open up to somebody who's in the church that can give you spiritual guidance as a father or mother. Let's do the next one, 1 Thessalonians 5. Okay, thanks. Therefore, encourage one another to build one another up, just as you're doing. We're called to build each other up, to edify, to glorify God, and actually build build the body up. When last did you guys give an encouraging word to someone? Anyone done something this last week? Good. Those who have done that well, awesome. But we need to be doing that every single day. We need to be encouraging people, speaking life into situations. We've got the power of life and death in our tongue. So we can go ahead and actually build a person up. That's one thing Alyssa keeps hammering me on the whole time. My words are powerful. And I go, ooh. Um, but our words are life and death. Speak life into every situation. Next one, Judd, uh, Proverbs 27. Thank you. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. You know what? It's so amazing. When you've got a brother that actually can actually speak into your life, point out your things, and you actually see it, and you recognize it, and you work with him. I run with old Paul. We call him, where is it? A little musical guy on the front here. And we... We run very early in the morning at 5 o'clock when it's dark and no one's out there. And we just open our hearts up and we kind of just, we're accountable and we share what's going on. And I, honestly, it's so important to have a person that you can actually open up to. Just to go ahead and actually point out the things that you can't see. And I want to encourage each one of you, be it a guy or a girl, find someone that you can actually talk to. And I want you to nurture someone below you. Because then you become part of the network. When we start networking, if we call to be a net to catch fish, if we're not interlinked and linked together, we're going to miss the fish. They're going to swim right through us. But if we're interconnected and connected, that's what family is. It pulls the people together. Okay, so who qualifies to be a spiritual parent? Most of you think, well, I don't qualify. I'm too young. I don't have children. No. Talk about spiritual maturity. Mature, born-again believers. Galatians 5 talks about it quite nicely. Uh, you can put Galatians 5 up, John. Thank you. Um, people that are mature walk and live by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit, and they keep in step with the Spirit. And the next one is actually in Galatians 5.25. They produce fruit. That's the most amazing thing, fruit of the Spirit. You can see it in a person's life. Has a person got fruit? Because the Bible talks about a thorn bush. It doesn't produce grapes and figs. So it says, but by their fruit of the Spirit, sorry, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, the things is no, against such things is no law. Uh, law. And the amazing thing is that how do you react to situations? I often talk about it, the toothpaste test. When you get the Colgate and you squeeze that Colgate when you go through a difficult situation, 
Does it come out all zigzagged and you put beep, beep, beep and all the rest there? Or do those Colgate lines come out straight? Because God's going to put you through tests. We're called to go through trials and tribulations. When we go through those times there, make sure your Colgate lines are straight because sometimes God's doing it to go ahead and actually look at yourself to identify what's wrong in you. Because we should be producing fruits of the Spirit so people can actually say, hey, you know what? I want to walk underneath that person because that person is the same today, tomorrow, in church, in the workplace, nothing changes. And you can't be different in the workplace to, to church. We need to be constant. And that's how we start qualifying. And I think that's kind of where wisdom and discernment comes when you start choosing a person that you need to be accountable to, is how does that person react in situations? And that'll give you the ability to go ahead and decide. Now, the next thing is to acknowledge the call. Because a lot of us say, well, yeah, that's great, but if someone else can do that. I've actually, I don't have the time, capacity. But actually, if we look back 1 Peter 2, verse 9, says that you are a royal, sorry, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim his excellency of him who has called you out of the darkness of his marvelous light. You're called, each one of you sitting inside of here, you're not here because it's a Sunday tradition to come here, because you're called, you're called to be here. You're called to be in his family, and you've got a task, not just sit here, but to do what he's called us to do, is to go ahead and further his kingdom into all Judea, not just sit back. Isaiah 6, verse 8. I think that's what Carl sent to me this last week. Is that the one, Carl? Then I heard the, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. That needs to be the cry of all of our hearts. You know that? I think Jesus gave Peter that command when he denied him three times. He went to him three times. He said to him, Go feed my sheep three times. He reinstated him back into his position because we're all called to go out and to go ahead and touch the world and nation by loving people. So we all called, we all qualified to go ahead and actually do His work, to be spiritual mothers and fathers, people around you. Not, I mean, I've got four children, so I feel like I've got a lot, but I'm not just called to be that. I need to nurture Gino. I need to nurture Herman, Johan, Stefan. I've got people that I need to spiritually walk with because that's my calling. And if I do that, I'm actually negating what God's called me to do. I need to do more than what God's called. And I want to encourage you guys to do the same thing. Realize that we've got to start nurturing. I think most of the guys that you know that I do, I hammer them with WhatsApps. Caesar's laughing because he knows. I do because I, it's the way that I reach out to people. I want to go ahead and actually nurture people. I want to massage that my heart is actually it's a father's heart. I'm a pastoral more than anything else. I, I see people and I want to nurture them. That's just who I am. I think there's a different fivefold gifts that we've got. Okay, so we've, we've got the equipping. So how do, we, how do I go ahead and actually do what God's called me to be, this, this mother or this father? And I'm just going to bring out three scriptures just to go ahead and actually just message that God's done it. He's got it for you. I want to encourage you that what's happened. The Holy Spirit equips us. John 16, verse 13. Thanks, Judd. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you things that, that are to come. So the Holy Spirit's going to go ahead and actually enable us. John 14, verse 26. I'll just read this along. John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Do you know the amazing thing is that when I stand up right now, I said to Lissy said to me, am I prepared for this morning? And I said, sure. I'm actually not prepared. It's kind of, I, whenever I come up here, MC says, just prepare what you've got and the Holy Spirit will let the rest come out. The Holy Spirit utilizes us. Yes, it's good to prepare, but the Holy Spirit goes ahead and actually enables us to go ahead and do His work. And the same Holy Spirit that enables me to stand right now and talk is going to enable you to go ahead and speak to a person. 
to nurture, to father, to mother a person. And it becomes natural for a mother or a father to nurture their own children. It's quite easy. But a spiritual, I think sometimes about God gave us children because he is family. He wants us to learn to nurture our own. I want the best for these little guys. But I also correct them because I love them. I don't want them to go ahead and actually get the wrong example. So they understand that the father corrects because he loves. And also what happens in spiritual relationships, we want to correct and adjust because we love and want the best for the person. And that's what mothers and fathers do. Psalm 119. I'll just read it over here. Verse 105. For your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know the amazing thing is we've been equipped with the word of God. The Bible is actually the word that actually guides our steps every single day. And all we need to do is go ahead and actually delve inside there. Say, right now, God, I don't understand what I'm meant to do or how I'm meant to nurture. I feel I need to say something to this person. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is. Go to his word. Read his word. Feed on his word. And he'll go ahead and empower you to do that. So I want to charge all of you again, specifically spiritual parents. And when I say spiritual parents, there's no reason why even a guy like Levi at the age of 12 can't go ahead and actually, in a brother's way, start actually nurturing his brother and teach his brother how to do stuff. It doesn't disqualify anybody. So it doesn't mean that uh, I'm off, I can't do anything. I often challenge Seth. I say, Seth, show your brothers and sisters how to do things. Show them to do the right things. So I'm going to ask you guys, I really feel that we've got, we've got the, what we call about the wise ones. And, I, and it's amazing because got, we've got such a wealth of knowledge sitting over here. I'm looking out at them. There's mothers and fathers sitting over here. And gray hair doesn't go ahead and indicate retirement. For me, it just means, I think I said to Mike when we were praying for him, even though there's snow in the roof, doesn't mean there's fire in the furnace. I said it to Trev as well. God's got a lot of purpose and destiny for you guys. And I really feel it's a season of actually saying, God, I've come here and I want to become part of this body. I want to commit and I want to take a person. And I want you to inquire of the Holy Spirit. Who do I need to take on under my wing? Pray about it. And take on one person. Just imagine if each one of us took on a person under our wing spiritually, even if it was just praying for that person, giving them a word once a week, nurturing them. Imagine what this body would become. We'd be linked, unified. We've been praying about unity. That's how we become unified as we start actually knitting hearts. So what I want to do is I want to pray for those that actually feel that they would like to rise up and become spiritual fathers and mothers. I've got two scriptures I want to pray this. So can I ask, it's those that feel compelled to actually rise up and actually say, hey, yes, I want to be a spiritual mother and father. Can I ask you to stand? Good. There's no disqualification for anybody because we all actually are spiritual mothers and fathers. I want to read these two scriptures over you because I really felt if you guys could repeat after me, you guys good for that? Okay. I'm going to read over here. Father, I acknowledge that all scripture is breathed out by you and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. And I pray, Lord, that actually right now, as they just read that 2 Timothy verse 3, that they will become equipped to go ahead and do good works, Lord, for you, for your name, Lord. If you could just say after me this next scripture as well, and that these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts, that we will teach them diligently to our children and our spiritual children, 
and we will talk of them when we sit in our house, when we walk on our way, when we lie down, and when we rise. And Lord, I pray that the people that are risen right now, Lord, that you will actually utilize them every single minute of the day, Lord, to go ahead and actually constantly pray and seek you, Lord, for people in this, in this body, Lord, that you will unify this, this, this entire church, Lord, as one unified body, Lord. Because for us to be mobilized, Lord, in unity, we're able to take the, the high ground, Lord. And I pray right now, Lord, for just, you know, just a, an equipping, Lord, of just a boldness and a courageous in the hearts of the mothers and fathers right now, Lord, to, to take people under their wings, Lord, to have a heart for them. I pray you just soften those hearts of stone, Lord, to go ahead and actually just love the unlovable. I pray, Lord, for just knitting of hearts as well. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You guys can sit down. Awesome. I think, as I said, my, my message is very short and sweet, but I really felt just to challenge you. It's, a, it's something which, if I didn't have my, I had a, I think it was my, my brother's uh, mother-in-law praying for me continually. I was in wayward in, in the world. If she didn't continually pray for me, I don't think I'd be here because I, the Lord's had his hand on my life in so many situations, but I know that I was covered in prayer. So when I went through hijackings and I had guns in my head and I went through car crashes, God's hand was over me. And I can just say right now that actually some of you have been called to be spiritual prayer warriors, mothers and fathers, to actually pick a person and say, listen, I want to pray for you and tell them I'm going to pray for them and actually continually pray for them because every one of us has a role to play. Some of us actually have to come alongside, come and actually hold the person alongside and actually walk with them. Others is to pray. And I want to encourage you, don't just say like, you know, I'm coming to church just to be here. You need to be part of this body, physically part of it, because that's actually where God knits us together. And it's an amazing thing when you become part of it, you become part of family. And family is the most amazing thing ever. I mean, that's why I had four children. I couldn't stop. I loved them so much. And you're part of my family. Do you know that? I don't have any other family left right now. I am the last line right now in my, in my clan. And this is actually the family that God's planted me into. When I came over here, the prophetic word was that I would be a pillar. And I often saw that pillar at the entrance. They often joke about it, that pillar in the foyer. And I said, that's me. It's a very odd pillar in the middle of the place. But God said, pillars don't move. God's planted you guys here for the season. So while you're here, be the pillar that supports, does something. Till God tells you to move, become an active pillar that supports and actually builds into this body. Because to sit over here and do nothing, you're actually missing what God's calling you. You're here to, to become an active participant in the body. Okay. Can I pray for you guys all? Yes, Father, I want to just thank you, Lord, for every single person right now, that the, the word that I've spoken this morning, Lord, will just activate in their heart, Lord, just a desire to go ahead and actually, Lord, to be linked in unity, Lord. I pray for just mothers and fathers to rise up spiritually, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your word will go ahead and actually just, just change their hearts, Lord. I pray for just a love that comes from you, Lord, that just supersede all understanding, Lord, for them to love the unlovable, to just knit people into their homes, Lord. I pray, Lord, that people will open up their homes, invite people in, Lord. Pray that you'll just actually just allow this body to go ahead and actually start pumping to your heartbeat. Thank you, Lord, for the elders, for the deacons, for the community leaders, for every single member, Lord, that is part of this body, Lord. Thank you that they're part of my family, and I pray a blessing and protection over them. Pray Jesus' blood over each one of you right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. I don't, yeah. Thank you, uh, Aiden. That was powerful. Where's the old bulls? I just want to quickly ask something here. The Lord laid out on my heart while I was sitting there. Who of you have been hurt in a church? 
put up your hand. Who's been hurt in the church? Okay. It's not always we have the children with us. Okay. Those that's been hurt in the church, put your hand up and keep it up. Children, quickly choose somebody that's got a hand up. Come. Come. Come and stand here. Come here. Come here. Stand here. You come here. There we go. There's, there with Bruce. There's a child. Some children, just go to the guys that's got their hands up. Is, it, is there children with you? Hey, come on you. Go there. Go there. Go there. Go there quickly. You're such powerful women. Everybody got somebody with them. Heather at the back needs a child. There we go. There we go. Claudia needs somebody here. There we go. Thank you, Alan. Anybody else? Yes, one here. You don't have to pray. You can just lay your hands on them. Thank you. There we go. Everybody covered. Who? Ah. There we go. And here. Thank you, Deacon, Robert. <laughs> Is that sorted? No, no, no. We still need one here. And there with Lori. And that Lori has got one. Okay, there we go. Just lay it. Kids, lay your hands on those people. Just put your hand on them. Because you're representing the elders now. Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you that because of hurt of a previous church, we no longer are orphans. But you've brought us into a house, Lord, where there is order and where there's fathers and mothers to care for us. Thank you, Lord, that we've been set free from all the hurts of the past. And Lord, that we can be free to be an instrument in your hands. From this moment on, may you bless us and may your spirit fall upon each and every one of us in this room. And thank you for setting us free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we all say... Amen. Thank you for this morning. Bless you. Enjoy this coffee, tea, fellowship. Okay, overseers, just quickly to the front, please. Francois says quickly, quickly. Bless you. Enjoy your week.